0: Sometimes there are random bits like this one. The nickname's The Rock or something, isn't it?
1: Yeah. <laughs> the land. That's, that's all they can grow on there. Yeah. On Lots of rocks.
0: rocks. <laughs> oh, is that where the pet rock came from? <laughs> Maybe.
1: Uh, that would be an awesome name they call a, a, Newfoundland, uh, to a To a Newfoundlander. Pet rock? Yeah, uh, Newfoundland, uh, or Pat-a-Rock, Canada's Rock.
0: <laughs> <laughs> would that insult them, do you think?
1: That's why I would
0: say... Oh, <laughs> I would want it to insult nice them. nice then
1: i go, just
0: kidding. Hey, in today's chat, we're talking about the ways the different temperatures of warm surface water and deep cool water can help produce power and cooling system some innovative people have come up with that and there's several firms using these in today's technology and do you know what the provincial flowers of newfoundland well somehow that came up too stay tuned for finding out all about those things ocean energy part two Okay, so I've been looking into ways to get power from the ocean and I found a couple of ways. One is O-T-E-C, which makes electricity. And then the other one is S-W-A-C, which is air conditioning essentially.
1: Oh, interesting. So uh, the first one you mentioned uh, is used, or uses the uh, differentiation in Uh, water temperature versus air temperature depth of water to run something run to generate electricity in the other case it it just uses cold air that you can get from the water to cool your house
0: Mm, kind of the um the one that makes the electricity is uh they take the warmer surface water and it causes um some liquid to evaporate is usually something like ammonia. And then it runs the ammonia evaporates and it works a turbine and then it turns back into liquid and repeats itself. And the warmer ocean water is pumped back in again. And they, they also get cooler water. So it's like the warmer water and the cooler water going in a cycle.
1: So they take the uh, – or they make advantage or take advantage of the fact that the boiling temperature of ammonia falls within the range uh, of temperature that you can find between sort of the warmer upper limits of the ocean and the colder bottom limits. So, for example, if at the bottom, let's say it's like – I don't know, I have no idea, but I'll say if it's 30 degrees, or it has to be above freezing. They say There's,
0: about seven Celsius is a good temperature, which is gained at about a thousand feet, I think. Okay. But I, I think I get the premise. I actually, I honestly,
1: because I, I knew you were going to talk about this today. Mm-hmm. Um, and as soon as I looked up, this, like, I don't know, I'd like to pat myself on the back as often as possible, so when I read about, so I knew a little bit about the social thermal energy conversion. But I thought about doing it years ago when I uh, learned about how a Stirling engine works, which takes temperature differentials to uh, produce uh, mechanical energy, right, to make those little fans. Yes. So anyway, I thought that I could do something on the, on a. I imagined a, a frozen lake as opposed to. And using using the differentiation yeah, between the air temperature, absolutely. which could be like minus 30, and the water temperature below the ice, which is of course, got to be above zero.
0: Makai, M-A-K-A-I, engineering. They did one in Toronto. Okay. And it's a five-kilometer-long pipe. And they're pretty big, too. And the system that they have is the other one, which is, this is deep lake water conditioning. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so, it's got slightly different initials. And this one isn't making electricity. This is just doing a cooling system. So, it's um, alternative to having a HVAC system to cool your house.
1: So, how does that work? How does it work? Do you know?
0: So, they pump in cold water right. and it goes through a loop which it's sort of like back to back with um, the warmer water coming from the building. So there's a a loop from the building and there's a loop from the lake. I gotcha. So the cold water comes and it doesn't mix together. They're in separate pipes or as I understand it. And it cools down the hot water. And so then the cooler water goes through the building to cool it.
1: Right. And I, I'm visualizing that as you're explaining this. I'm seeing yeah, yeah. kind of just basically a water radiator.
0: Yeah, that's what like it is. Like this old mm. water baths. Yeah. At the old houses.
1: Cool. Except it's cold water going
0: through. Yeah. I believe sense, right? that is what I, what, okay, it is what I understood. <laughs> I believe it too. <laughs> right. But um, I might have interpreted it slightly incorrectly. Not sure, but that's what it sounded like. And that made logical sense to me. So you might ask what would any environmental impact be of these systems?
1: You know, I was going to ask what, if any environmental impact uh, issues might result from this uh, technology.
0: Well, the intake, um, so they have to pump in a lot of water. So you can imagine Uh, that that's the power i imagine that's doing the suck in there and so right. they have to uh i'm not sure if they do employ biofilters over um so that they're not collecting plants and animals and things like that
1: yeah when talking about the, uh, the pump yeah to pump the, the cold water into your in your house and mm-hmm. run through your rads makes sense that Image would we both have it seems, um, you know, if you have a country property with a little bit of
0: uh, lake frontage. Yeah,
1: you know, either lake frontage or I'm thinking like a, a creek.
0: Not yeah, you could have property. turbines too.
1: Well, yeah, and How you could if, especially if you could uh, take have a water t- intake uh, coming mm-hmm. into your house that's uh, cool higher water. above just just use the lay of the land to your advantage take the water in from a point that's higher than your house and then release the water uh, back into the creek presumably unclean or whatever uh, at a lower point so you're not yeah. So that'd be awesome
0: and you could have your water turbine set for more electricity so you'd have your cooling system and your electricity system you just have to hope that it's not gonna flood you know like do you remember that uh, Germany it was and there was a little town there that had a little creek going through it that oh, like, washed away half yes. of it.
1: Yes, that was just, it's so easy to lose track of uh, when these major
0: catastrophic events
1: happened. It was like a handful of years ago now, I believe. It. Yes, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Because you see these little hundred year or couple hundred year old houses just being, I remember it being on a hillside, but yeah. Yeah,
0: the, it was a little creek going through. So you don't want that to happen while you, you know, on the one way you've set up. Hopefully that wouldn't happen. That was a one-off, but it's again an example of environmental climate change, isn't it? It's true. Yeah, which is what we're hoping that technologies can help mitigate these issues. But do you think it's too we've too far gone, and these ones will keep keep occurring?
1: That's a toughie. That's such a huge mm. issue. It seems that every day, and certainly every year
0: yeah the weather just gets
1: more intense totally
0: Um, it was in the 40s was it last year in europe or 50s it might have even hit i think it was in the uk it got to 40 which i don't believe it's ever done before right i mean the past
1: few years there have been massive heat waste out west Mm. in canada uh, a couple years ago and then last summer in europe again yeah things just so many big events come come and go so quickly now that they to yeah. keep track of when things happen sometimes.
0: I think the wind's stronger too, like more gusty. Stronger. I don't know. They seem I to s- hmm? I could
1: see depending on what part of the country you're in for sure.
0: Yeah. And then and, they're having problems in Newfoundland where high winds, aren't they? I, believe.
1: I I've I've heard about that. Mm. On a total aside, did you know that you can actually go to France territory of St. Pierre and Michelin, which is just two tiny little islands south of Newfoundland that belong to France, and you can go there without a passport as a Canadian?
0: Nice.
1: On a total aside, (laughs) anyway, yes, yeah, sure is we in Newfoundland. All you yep. have to do is all you have to do is go into Street View and go into the countryside and take a look around. It looks like it's. I mean, there's lots of trees, but it also looks very easily imagined to be windswept yeah. just from the general Well, it's terrain.
0: called the nickname's the Rock or something, isn't it?
1: Yeah, <laughs> so that land. That's all they can grow on there. Yeah, lots of
0: rocks. rocks. <laughs> oh, is that where the pet rock came from? <laughs> Maybe.
1: Oh, uh, that would be an awesome name to call a, a Newfoundland, uh, to, a, to a Newfoundlander. Pet Rock? Yeah, uh, Newfoundland, yeah, or Pet Rock, Canada's Pet Rock.
0: <laughs> <laughs> would that insult them, do you think?
1: That's why I would
0: say Oh, ones. I would want <laughs> to insult nice them. Way i
1: go, just kidding, Canada's <laughs> Pet Rock. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what is their um, national thing? Like a Oh, it's water, isn't it? No, that's Nova Scotia. On the license plate, what do they have on it? Do you know?
1: Uh, I think they have uh their flag on it somewhere, oh. like the design of their flag. I can't remember, but you know what? I can find it. Yeah. Now I need to know.
0: Yeah, what is it? Because we've got the rose. Manitoba, I think, has a bull or bison. Saskatchewan's got wheat bc has got sunshine, I think, and forest fires.
1: <laughs> I'm in Ontario and I don't even know what we have.
0: <gasps> yeah, what's Ontario's? Oh, so the something-
1: Hmm? I'm just looking at Newfoundland. It's yeah. kind of
0: boring. What is it?
1: Well, it's probably not a real one.
0: What is it?
1: Oh, it is. It just says, it looks kind of like a, it's a white license plate. It has three, car- three letters and then three numbers. And then it says Newfoundland, Labrador, with the little weird little flower. That is their official flower.
0: Oh, like what is the That's weird flower?
1: They kind of—I don't know what that is. I bet you I can find it. <laughs> Since we're, its its talking about the environment.
0: Yeah.
1: What is it? Uh, I can't wait to find out. Flower.
0: I'm on the edge of my seat.
1: What is it? <laughs> flower of Newfoundland.
0: Yes. Yeah newfoundland labrador's provincial symbols the insect eating pitcher plant was adopted so, as yeah. newfoundland labrador's floral emblem in 1954 it is the most unusual of canada's official flowers it was first chosen as a symbol in newfoundland by the queen victoria oh, to be engraved on the newly minted newfoundland penny they had a penny interesting oh, cool. yeah well who knew uh, do you think it's native to there? Oh, the Hello. puffin is the bird. Interesting. Go. A Newfoundland uh, dog, of course. The newfie. Hey. They're so cute.
1: Oh no, it's it's uh, it's natural in uh, in Newfoundland. It's, wow! I took a look at a range map here, and it's basically from starting at the east it's Newfoundland. All oh. the way through, like, s- central oh, how uh, Quebec, Ontario, most of Manitoba, most, almost all of Saskatchewan, all of Albert, except for the Rockies. Oh. And then only a few spots down in the States. I don't recall seeing them. But you know what? At this point, uh, I'm going to keep my eyes open. Because when you yeah. look at it, they're really not all that amazing, right? It's not no. like this fantastic, gigantic flower that's brilliant. Yeah, really like Too little. They're like
0: <laughs> green, greeny sort of flowers.
1: Yeah. But it's very cool that they're Looks carnivorous. It's like a They eat insects, collect water in their, in their, uh, almost like a tube, tube like structure that their leaves create. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, this At tube, bottom, yeah. upper pointing tube, with some hairs in the inside of the leaves facing downward. So insects crawl they in, they tickle it, drown in the water. Yeah, and they can't get back up because they're facing all Oh, these they die hairs. in the water.
0: Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, I was thinking that it was to do with the top
1: bit. So they're, yeah, I'm just repeating myself with, or with a, an official explanation here. Mm-hmm. Internet. But, uh, yeah, that's basically how it works. That's interesting. Uh, even mm-hmm. They're not on that. Uh,
0: so do you think they might get um, extinct because of global warming and no marshy places for long enough for them to live in? Could well,
1: looking, be. <laughs> looking at their habitat and just having like a big, big, Idea of uh, climate hardiness zones. So mm-hmm. When I look at a map of Canada here, they they look like they can grow right up to hardiness zone like five. So that's down around Toronto. Hmm. So just the southernmost part of uh, Ontario is outside their range. Well, there's not there's no box down there, I any mean, up that no. southwestern Ontario. It's all oh, f- okay. farmland, but. Um, in terms of hardiness zones, it goes almost way up. I'm looking at Ontario specifically, almost all the way up to the bottom of James Bay. So that's a two. That's a hardiness zone two out there, either a two A or two B. Definitely a two
0: To be or not to be. To be or not to be. But anyway, mm-hmm. point being is that they they
1: extend over at least three hardiness ranges. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. I yeah I don't know much so about this stuff
0: in the ocean or a lake like the one for toronto and if you could would you adapt your house to have this i mean i'm sure it could be cost prohibitive i'm not sure how much it would cost for i'm i know that the company that i was looking at makia whatever it was called uh they do like essentially big buildings um like office blocks kind of thing because then it's worth it but if you were to have it on your house like if it was a thing because there are other companies like it's becoming more popular that you could do would you do it
1: i think that i would do it if it used less electricity less it's supposed to
0: because once you've got it installed it's kind of the same as solar is that you can just set it and let it go kind of thing Set it, forget it yeah, well it'll only be good to forget but i get what you're saying <laughs> yeah.
1: um i don't know i
0: i definitely would all,
1: i suppose if all the conditions were right i was living on the side of the lake and this could be yeah. installed without uh, the whole thing could be installed for, within a budget that i could afford mm-hmm. um and i wasn't gonna get a whole lot of headaches and heartaches out of the deal actually less expensive in terms of the electricity use or not less expensive, but less electricity used.
0: Yeah, yeah I'd do it for sure. Like you say, though, the one, I like the idea of the one next to a stream because then you could cool your house and have the power too. Yeah, exactly. Less and pipes involved, I think. Well, it depends how close
1: you are to it. But,
0: yeah, I can totally imagine that one.
1: Well, and I also, I also wonder up here in Canada, if you couldn't, I'm thinking in terms of uh, kind of geothermal, but it, or the opposite of geothermal. Mm. Instead of taking like the uh, the Earth's heat to uh, generate electricity, use the ground below the frost level, mm-hmm. or right around the frost level, to run your water pipe through. Yeah. So naturally cooling the water underground,
0: yeah.
1: and then pumping it. And then pumping it through your... No, you don't your
0: need reps. the lake. Yeah,
1: just a, you cool. just need a, a hmm. backhoe to dig you a nice tea yeah, that water can be kept
0: yeah. nice and cold. I'm not sure how it would be set up. You might have to have something in it that stops it from freezing.
1: Oh, yeah, that's absolutely, that's like absolutely a, true. Like you know, right?
0: an antifreeze. I, I was reading about a system that did that, actually. Oh, oh set up by a company, and they... I was listening to a podcast about it on Climate Now. And there's a company that uh, does that. They essentially, if you fit all the parameters, because they need quite a big, big bit of space, although they're trying to get smaller, uh, would do what you're describing with the cold water.
1: Oh, nice, but they run ammonia so or, or something like that that doesn't freeze.
0: I think they had to have antifreeze, antifreeze in the water. Something like that. But it was on a closed loop. Right. So, yeah, pretty cool.
1: And, you know, after the construction and providing that is well-built and meant mm-hmm. to last, it would seem to be, a, intuitively at least, a simple process. It's just a bunch of pipes that keep your water, or not your water cool, but your, the antifreeze cool that you're going to run through your house to, uh, to air condition it. I mean, that's that does not seem like a very complicated system compared to other things.
0: Yeah, it does seem pretty straightforward. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So there are companies that do that. I believe it was in the U.S. that they were talking, though. So here on the Canadian side, you have to look at it that way. A, things are a little bit different.
1: Yeah, sometimes we're a little slow to adopt uh technological changes that seem to be taking off elsewhere around the world.
0: Yeah, US seems to be <laughs> a big around the world. <laughs> uh,
1: absolutely. I'm, uh, I'm just thinking that in the past couple days uh, some economic uh, reports came out of the States and it looks like manufacturing is taking off like they haven't seen in decades down oh.
0: there. Um,
1: but I don't know if the same can be said for Canada, it seems I don't know. I don't think we're I don't think we're necessarily heading in the same direction as the states in that regard. I mean, they're always ahead of us, and they're they're, they're well, they're,
0: in some respects, yes.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, in terms in terms of innovation, it's, mm. it's coming out of the states, they not put, Canada. They I put mean, a lot
0: of money into it, don't they? And I, you know, that might be a big fact. So, did you know that energy, uh, the different percentages of the ways that the earth is heating up i have a little breakdown here cool. uh, energy burning of fossil fuels for electricity heat and transport takes up 72 percent or produces i should say 72 oh. percent agriculture forestry and other land uses up creates 12 percent industrial processes uh six percent and buildings so just living in a building and it making energy and stuff uh six percent Transportation, 14%. And then there's a mysterious other at 1%. Wow. Yeah. What
1: was that massively large one again?
0: That was fossil fuels, burning fossil fuels to create heat and transportation.
1: And that includes burning wood and stuff like that?
0: I think it would. I think it would, yeah. It's not actually fossilized, but it still has a lot of carbon dioxide in there. We don't like to take ourselves too seriously here on Green Tech Gossip. We just want to have a nice friendly chat about the different solutions that amazing companies are coming up with to help mitigate the issues and problems that the humans have created for the Earth. And we also chat about some seemingly irrelevant topics too, but they do tie in. So if you like us hit that follow button and you will get more and more of these wonderful episodes being produced every few days. Thank you so much.
1: Well, that's all the time we have today, folks. Thanks for tuning in and we look forward to seeing you next time on Green Tech Gossip.